0: Hello and welcome to The Chessboard, a business standard podcast where we discuss the state of play in Indian politics. I'm your host, Ankur Bhardwaj. On Monday morning, the ruling BJP finally released its manifesto for elections 2019. They're calling it the Sankalp Patra. The two major parties in Indian politics, the Indian National Congress and the Bharatiya Janata Party, have now released their manifestos for these elections. And to discuss them, we have with us Business Standards political editor Archis Mohan. Hello Archis. welcome to the chessboard. Hi, thank you. So Archis, the Bharati Janata Party released its Patra, as they're calling it their manifesto today. Uh, what is the broad outline or the broad direction that the manifesto takes?
1: Uh, Ankur, you and I may have a different opinion about some of the things, but for a common man uh, who has supported Modi, who has remained invested in uh, the Prime Minister's popularity and his vision, they perceive him as somebody who is a visionary prime minister. So what was interesting in the manifesto and in in his speech at the manifesto release event at the BJP headquarters today was uh, he for the first time started talking not just of 2022 when India completes 75 years of its independence and which is also the benchmark or, 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 or the target year for a whole lot of schemes that Prime Minister Modi has announced in his first term as I- of, of his tenure. But he has now started talking about 2047, 100 years of uh, India's independence struggle, when he believes India would become from a developing economy to a developed economy. And for that, he is, he is saying and uh, th- that in the next five years of his tenure, from 2019 to two, two 2024, the foundation of this transition from developing to a developed e- economy uh, uh, will, be, will be laid. So that for um, uh, somebody who is a supporter of Mr. Modi may, may sound visionary. Apart from that uh, I thought the manifesto lacked one big idea unlike the Congress manifesto which spoke about rupees 72,000 for 20% f- of India's poorest. However having said that the the BJP manifesto uh, compiles 75 sankalps or resolutions resolves uh, that it plans to complete at least by 2022 if not 2024, and some of the bigger uh, resolves are investment of rupees 100 lakh crore into infrastructure, um, uh, expanding the PM Kisan Nidhi. Uh, to uh, all farmers and not just those who have two hectares of land Uh, now this is interesting all of us know that in Western UP and across India there's been farm distress There have been protests so what the BJP is trying to do is 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 encompass every farmers because uh, across India but particularly in Western UP which goes to polls on 11th April a whole lot of farmers have land plots bigger than two hectares. There are lots of farmers with two and a half hectares, three hectares, who were complaining that they didn't get get any relief. So this is primarily to cover those farmers. Secondly, and another interesting point is about the Pradhan Mantri, Fasal Bhima Yojana, the crop insurance scheme that they announced in 2015. There, uh, the manifesto says now the scheme will become voluntary which essentially is a concession that the scheme hasn't worked well. Until now, the scheme was mandatory for all loony farmers and they are making it voluntary. So it's it, they have conceded that the scheme isn't doing well.
0: In in his speech at the function, fin- Finance Minister Arun Jetli criticized the opposition parties, Congress party's manifesto as being inspired by the tukade tukade or the Ivy Leaguers, do you think that national security has been an important thrust area for the BJP even in its manifesto? Yeah, if you if you would
1: flip through the manifesto, the first big point. The manifesto has identified three big points or three c- core competence areas, if you want to s- look at it like that, of the BJP's, which are nationalism, the first area. Uh, um, Antyodaya or welfare of the poor, the second area, and sushasan or good governance. In nationalism, the BJP has spoken about, you know, uh, implementing the citizenship amendment bill, stopping infiltration, ensuring welfare for uh, soldiers al- as well as pol- police personnel, and no tolerance, zero tolerance on terrorism. So yes, BJP does perceive itself as a party that believes that it espouses the cause of nationalism, the best among all political parties in India. And it has tried to play on its uh, core area.
0: We have with us A.K. Bhattacharya of Business Standard to talk about the economic vision that the two parties present in their manifestos. Welcome to the podcast, A.K.B. Thank you. So, uh, AKB, the BJP has presented its manifesto today and the Congress manifesto was was given to us last week. How how do you compare the economic
2: visions that the two parties have presented to the country in these elections? Well, the common takeaway from both uh, the Congress uh, manifesto and the BJP manifesto uh, is quite uh, depressing. Actually, uh, if you look, look at the economic manifesto of both the parties, you realize why manifestos are almost becoming irrelevant for any uh, public discussion or evaluation Uh, if the manifestos are becoming irrelevant it is mainly because they are losing their credibility because of the kind of promises that have been made, which are going beyond the capacity, the financial capacity of the governments that will probably be formed on the basis of those promises. Take the Congress Manifesto of NAI. Uh, th- it sounds very good on paper, but when it comes to its implementation, there will be serious challenges in terms of the government's fiscal capacity, just as the BJP Manifesto talks about the how the the, the the banking system, the banking discipline will come under a serious, serious uh, threat because of if you are giving uh, interest-free loans to large number of farmers, if you want to extend the entire Kisan, PM Kisan scheme to all landholders, what will happen to the fiscal capacity of the state and what will happen to the larger responsibilities of the state in undertaking developments, economic developments in creating capacity, uh, in in the system, in building infrastructure, I I really shudder to think. A K B. In these elections, we found that employment has become a major issue.
0: The Congress has tried to underline it by including an entire section in its manifesto on jobs. Uh, do you think the B J P manifesto also stresses on job creation in the same way, or
2: answers questions that have been raised about it? I think Congress has obviously uh, been uh, more, you know, in its response has been more detailed, whereas the B J P. Has uh, not addressed the job issue uh, as directly as the Congress manifesto has. Two other constituencies in the economy that we've seen that have
0: uh, been a bit unhappy with the with the policies have been the MSME sector and the the small traders. Uh, for the MSMEs, the Congress offer, uh, has promised that they will be exempt from any laws and forbearance for three years. Uh, do you think the BJP uh, manifesto also makes certain
2: amendments to to woo the MSME sectors? Um, I. The Congress promise of, uh, of uh, offering uh, a regime in which the MSMEs will not come under any law except taxation uh, and uh, b- some compliance, uh, I find uh, it, is a, it is a promise that can never be fulfilled as long as uh, the governance structure is not completely altered. The BJP manifesto, uh, I find, uh, is uh, not uh, very clear what it wants to offer for the MSME sector. Uh,
0: The BJP manifesto also speaks of a National Traders' Welfare Board. Do you think the BJP has has, uh, acknowledged that there is anger among the trader community?
2: I am not surprised uh, at all because uh, more than the anger, uh, I think uh, traders are a very key political constituency of the BJP and uh, it is um, but natural for a party like the BJP uh, to say something about the traders. Please remember the BJP as government in the last five years uh, has been very slow in implementing many of the trade policy reforms that were supposed to have been taken because the entrenched trade interests could have been affected. Same is the issue with the e-commerce rules where the domestic trader lobby's interest have been kept in mind. So I'm not surprised that there will be a promise a broad stroke promise like a national traders forum to be announced by the bjp
0: one last question akb in the last five years one of the biggest changes that the economy has seen has been the introduction of gst how do you see the two parties take gst forward
2: and what are the promises that they make uh, my sense is uh, from the the two manifestos that while changes in DST may be expected uh, from uh, the um, the BJP government if it to come back to power after uh, elections on the basis of the manifesto, but uh, if Congress manifesto is to be looked at i think the the party is promising uh, major changes uh, although uh, it uh, it is uh, promising a single rate gst but if you look at the the manifesto closely it is also giving you many rates so but at the same time i think because the Congress Manifesto is more detailed on the GST, uh, I find uh, that uh, uh, more changes can be expected in GST if the Congress Manifesto were to be implemented, whereas the BJP Manifesto is uh, not very clear on the, on the route forward on GST.
0: In his TV interview recently, the Prime Minister said that the Congress Party's uh, manifesto promise of rupees 72,000 to the bottom 20% of India's population was a shortcut and that he expected a more mature response from an organization as experienced as the Congress party uh, has the bjp tried to counter that uh, that NI scheme that the congress has in its manifesto uh, the bjp has tried to counter it by expanding rupees 6000 ppm
1: kisan Nidhi to all uh, farmers it has promised social security to shopkeepers, to small traders. Now, again, these are concessions that shopkeepers and small traders suffered because of both demonetization and GST. Uh, The BJP hasn't directly tried to counter it it in terms of entitlements. Uh, And uh, interestingly, the difference in the strategy is while the Congress has focused on the poorest 20% who would largely be uh, landless agricultural laborers, Uh, the BJP has focused on farmers small and marginal farmers which is consistent with uh, some of its traditional support base the Congress support base came from the very poor and the BJP would used to try and reach out to farmers uh, small farmers big farmers so I would think that the BJP is trying to consolidate its support base among farmers while uh, still not reaching out to agricultural laborers, where where the Congress probably has done well, although it remains to be seen how much of Congress's message reaches the ground before the polling days.
0: Uh, The BJP has now been in power for nearly five years. Uh, In this manifesto, do you see any major departures from their 2014 manifesto?
1: I see a whole lot of reiteration. And yes, there are some departures. I'm yet to locate any uh, paragraph on building smart cities, although they've committed to invest 100 lakh crore in infrastructure investment. Uh, something new is uh, their uh, commitment that they'll provide water, tap water, to each home by 2024. But another missing point is a mention on jobs. While it's true that the BJP in its 2014 manifesto didn't specifically mention uh, promising two-crore jobs each year of their five-year previous tenure. Uh, but this promise was made in some of the speeches of their leadership. And in even in the previous manifesto, creation of jobs was, was one of the target areas. Uh, while in the, the current manifesto, the BJP has said that it will promote entrepreneurship and has spoken of other schemes, a specific mention of job creation uh, is somewhat missing.
0: Moving on to the Congress manifesto now, mm. uh, as a challenger t- to the BJP, uh, how do you see the Congress has tried to try to project itself as a party of governance in its manifesto? Uh,
1: first and foremost, one can always argue that, you know, Congress probably doesn't have a realistic chance and probably BJP thinks that it has a more realistic chance of coming back to power. So one can always argue, as some BJP p- leaders have been arguing, that Congress can afford to make a more... Uh, detailed specific um, manifesto while BJP's manifesto has been general uh, In in in, in most of its resolves Uh, Having said that uh, I think the Congress uh, For once at least went about its uh, manifesto drafting exercise much more seriously consulted many more experts uh, and uh, it has also tried to Reinvent itself uh, on a whole lot of issues where Congress would earlier shy away from taking a position For example on removing the sedition law. It has committed itself to doing it on, on women's reservation in jobs for example not just in Parliament and Legislative assemblies which even BJP manifesto has promised that 33% reservation in Parliament and legislative assemblies But the Congress has promised uh, one third reservation even in jobs So on, uh, on several issues on Forest Rights Act, on Land Acquisition Act, the Congress has committed itself to a politics at which, at times, it hasn't pursued in the past. So there is a departure in, in several senses in the Congress manifesto.
0: So having discussed the manifestos of these two parties, uh, we can now focus our, our, our views on, on the next phase or the first phase of, of elections, which is going to happen on the on the 11th of this month. We will focus our discussions on the state of of Uttar Pradesh. Western UP, which I visited uh, last week, and I
1: spent a uh, few days there, and it seems uh, that in Western UP, uh, farming or farm distress is a huge issue. Not to say that it wasn't a big issue in, in 2014 or 2017 when the assembly polls took place, but the 2014 election took place in a different context. There had been communal riots and you know, there was also this larger tiredness with the UPA government. Uh, so 2019 are an interesting election in Western UP. The first phase on the 11th will have 88 seats of UP po- uh, going to polls and the second phase will have another eight seats. Of these 16 seats, the BJP had won all 16 in 2014. Now it seems, and this was th- th- those 16 seats w- w- that be the BJP won was on the back of the a consolidated jart support to the bjp and it kind of repeated the performance in the 2017 assembly polls and again the jats voted for the bjp in western up the caste alliances or at least on paper uh, are very well drawn out the bjp has its support base the mahagat bandhan has its own support base it would seem the jats will play a key role which way the jats go would generally would determine Uh, the the eventual outcome and to me it seems at least the elderly jats or anybody who is above 35 40 is upset with the government primarily because of farm distress while the younger jats are still in thrall of mr modi and his leadership so it's become an interesting election and i would think that local chemistry uh, the connect that a local candidate has with people uh, would would also be crucial factors, and not just Mr. Modi's leadership or Mr. Rahul Gandhi's
0: or Ms. Mayawati's or Akhilesh Yadav's. Uh, during your visits to uh, Uttar Pradesh West, did you see any rural and urban divide or any class divides as far as voting preferences or or their uh, likes or dislikes for leadership goes? Uh, one one trend that I did see is that as you
1: go up the prosperity la- ladder. Uh, the popularity of Mr. Modi is intact. The poorer the person is, uh, uh, the more it seems that he's been or she has been have been hurt by uh, steps like demonetization or even farm distress, not getting the good a good price for their produce or not getting getting good wages or not not getting work. So the poorer the person is, for example, a small and marginal farmer or landless agri- agricultural labor, they are more likely to criticize Mr. Modi's policy. There's also a problem of anti-incumbency of Yogi Adityanath Ad government, which is very surprising that within two years there should be this kind of anti-incumbency. Uh, the, mo- the more prosperous or even uh, you know, uh, moderately pr- prosperous people do admire him for ensuring some uh, improvement in law and order. But farmers, particularly, are, are, are really harassed by the stray cattle man menace, um, uh, apart from uh, not getting a good price for their produce. And there have been unseasonal rains in, in, in that part of in the last couple of days, which has again affected the crop, particularly potato crop. So, you know, some of that farm anger, mm, I- is it's possible could could reflect in uh, the poll outcome.
0: So that was this week's episode of The Chessboard. Thank you AKB and Arches for discussing the Congress BGP manifestos with us and the first phase of polls. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Here's your host, Uncle Bhardwaj, signing off with the promise of meeting you again next week for another episode talking about Indian politics.